When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Reshot, save Talbot. Rebound, top of the blue paint. Reshot, Martinez, save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. 12 seconds, Reshot, Martinez, save made by Cam Talbot. And here come the Oilers, 2 on 1 to win it. McDavid in for the left hand side. Dry Sun awaits. There's the center pass. Left timer, score! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We'll take a quick look at the scoreboard. CFL, BC leading Montreal 6-0. That's in the first quarter. Both teams are 1-1, one and, one, and of course, both teams beaten by your Edmonton Eskimos who are in a bye week. Astros up one nothing on the Blue Jays. That game is in the bottom of the third. My name is Reed Wilkins. Good to have you along for the ride this evening. A lot to get to tonight and there's always time for you as well on the open line at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. The email inside sports at 630ched.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Wilkins, like Dominique, he was a slightly better athlete than I was. So I mentioned the Eskimos are in a bye week. Uh, the Oilers will talk plenty about the uh, Dave Semenko celebration of life today. They wrapped up their development camp last night in Jasper. Kyler Yamamoto did look pretty good in the Billy Moore's Cup last night and uh, throughout the development camp, so that's positive. He was taken in the first round by the Oilers, 22nd overall. I, I know there were some teams uh, drafting after the Oilers who would have been glad to grab Yamamoto had he had been there, so hopefully he turns out to be a decent player player for the Oilers down the road. Not sure he'll be on the roster this season. Uh, quickly here, another Eskimos note, the unclaimed 50-50 jackpot from uh, the home opener against the Alouettes will be carried over. They hadn't announced which game it was going to be. Well, today they confirm it will be the next home game. Next Friday, Eskimos against the Ottawa Red Blacks. 8 o'clock kickoff, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Our coverage next Friday will start at 6. So, curious to see what the final jackpot will be. So, they're carrying over $82,000. Remember, they had that carryover in July of 2014. Just under seventy two grand was carried over. The uh, winning ticket wound up being worth 348000 So, could get over three fifty if... Uh, <laughs> If uh, if that trend continues, you can get game tickets for as low as 32 bucks, And, of course, the 50-50 tickets, you get one for five, three for 10, or 10 for 20. We'll keep talking about that, I'm sure, over the next week leading into the game. This afternoon, live on 6.30, Ched, we brought you the celebration of life for Dave Semenko, who passed away from cancer one week ago. Very popular Edmonton Oiler, leaving us far too soon at the age of 59. So many uh, emotional 
Uh, great memories uh, of Dave Semenko today, and it turns out they don't just call Wayne Gretzky the great one because of his hockey ability, also a pretty good speaker. I had a good week to think about exactly what I was going to say, and I thought, you know, maybe I could tell some of the uh, stories that sort of transpired over the years that uh, I was lucky enough to be part of. Uh, Starting in 1979, a lot of people don't know this, but one of the first trades the Edmonton Oilers ever made was we traded for Dave Semenko. Uh, we lost him in the expansion draft. Lou Niney and uh, Glenn made a deal, and he's traded back to the Oilers. He was always proud to tell everyone, yeah, Gretz and I were protected when we went into the NHL. Um, so as kids go, Glenn built this team with a bunch of kids, some older players like Dave Dryden, Colin Campbell, uh, Lee Fogelin, Bill Flett, Ace Bailey. We thought we were going to win the Stanley Cup. We started one and six, the team was spiraling, and David was called in the office. And when you get called into Glenn's office, that's not a good sign. David came out and he said, I'm going to be going down to Wichita for two weeks. And I thought, oh my gosh. So two weeks go by, he comes back, and he used to sit beside me in the stall, myself, Dave Lumley, Dave Semenko, Dave Hunter. And I said, Semenk, how was it down there? He said, oh, it was unreal. He said, I played the power play. I played penalty killing, regular shift, four on four, three on three. I was like, wow, it must have been a lot of fun. I said, how's your team? He goes, we're 0 six. (laughs) So I said, well, what else transpired down there? And he said, you know, when I got there, they said, what number do you want to wear? He said, well, 27. They said, that's taken. So I'll take my junior number, it was 17. They said, well, that's taken. He goes, is 99 available? <laughs> so he wore number 99 in Wichita, 0 and 6. The year goes on, Ronnie Lowe had been injured. He was going to be sent down to the minors for a week of conditioning. And it was upon him going to Glenn's office to get all his instructions to go down to Wichita, Samank says, Ronnie, Ask him if I can go down with you for a week. So Ronnie comes out. Slot said, yeah, I'm sick of him. Take him for a week. (laughs) So he spent a week down there. But as the time went on, uh, they were always looking for this elusive left winger to play with Wayne Gretzky and Yuri Curry. And Semenk used to sit there and kind of giggle about it. And I think one of the... uh, years that we won our first Stanley Cup, we went into New York on a road trip and he got three goals on the island. He got three goals the next night against the New York Rangers. We went on to win the Stanley Cup. And the following October, September training camp, same old story. We got to find a left winger to play with Wayne Gretzky and Yuri Curry. And he was so proud of how well he had played in our first Stanley Cup because he didn't miss a shift. He beat Billy Smith and scored on him before I did in the finals, and he never let me live that down. Um, So as he's sitting there, they said, Semenk, are you worried about somebody taking your position and playing left wing with Gretz and Curry? And he just looked up at them and he said, you know, fellas, it was Dick Chubay, Jim Matheson, Rod Phillips, and Terry Jones. And he said, you know, fellas, sooner or later, Glenn will come to his senses. So he said, you know, I've done everything in my life 
in hockey. He said, I had four wishes. Three of them came true. And they were like, what are they? And he goes, I wanted to be NHL Player of the Week, and I got that. He said, I want to be on the cover of Hockey News, and he said, I got that. And he said, I want to lift the Stanley Cup, and we lifted the Stanley Cup, I got that. And the four of them kind of leaning in towards him as he's sipping on his water, nice. And they said, what is the fourth one? He said, well, I never got the fourth one. And they said, what was it? He said, I wanted Slats to walk in the locker room after a big win and say, Gretz, Mess, Cough, Semenk, take tomorrow off. <laughs> he said, I never got that one. So as time goes on, we won a couple Stanley Cups. We played in Winnipeg one night, and we always seemed to win in Winnipeg. We'd practice the next morning, practice like 10 o'clock, and we'd drive to the Winnipeg airport. We'd get in, fly, fly back to Edmonton. And after practice, Glenn called myself, Kevin, and Mark into his office in Winnipeg and said, take some ink in the first-class lounge. I've traded him. So we're, we were all kind of shocked. He said, but don't say anything. I'll tell him when at the right time. So as we're getting off the bus at the Winnipeg airport, in those days when we flew commercial, periodically we could go in the first-class lounge. I said, Samantha, come on, let's go in the first-class lounge, have a little lunch, you and I, Mark, Kevin. And he looked at me, and he put his arm around me, and he said, okay, where did I get traded to? <laughs> so I said, I don't know, you got to talk to Slats. So as we're flying to Edmonton, Dick Juby and Jim Matheson again said to him, well, what do you think about being traded? And he said, well, the city's not going to riot like they did with Rocket Richard in the 50s. He got traded to Hartford, came back for his first game. As we were playing the game, typical Oilers, we were up 5-0 after halfway through the second period. There was black armbands all around the Coliseum with number 27 on them because people loved him so much. He got a breakaway on Grant Fear halfway through the second period. And you would think we were all playing on the Hartford Whalers. Our whole bench stood up. <laughs> and when he missed, our whole bench kind of threw our arms and all were like, oh my gosh, Fierzy, how could you do that? <laughs> so we got back to the locker room. We're all like, Grant, how could you not let him score? And he goes, honestly, I opened my legs and he hit me in the pad. <laughs> <laughs> But as time went on, you know, things changed uh, for the, everyone. And he was so excited about his new role as an ambassador with the Edmonton Oilers. He would take me, I think he was more excited of the fact that during the games, before the games, him and I would have dinner before every playoff game. And the last thing I said to him was, see a game one against Nashville. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But we would walk around, and he used to get a kick out of the fact we'd go, he'd say, Wayne, will you come to this corporate box? Will you come to this suite? Will you meet these people? Inevitably, they'd always say, uh, David, uh, can we get a picture with you? And Wayne, you can get in it too. <laughs> he always thought that was funny, but he meant more to our career than anyone. He was such a positive influence on our entire team, not only on the ice, but off the ice. I always tell people he's like Santa Claus. Parents couldn't wait to meet him. Parents couldn't wait to get a picture taken with him. And kids were scared to death. <laughs> but we'll miss him. I can see them now sitting up in heaven, and I know there's a game of hockey up there. Toe Blake's coaching. He's sitting there on the bench, and who's ever playing left wing was Jean Bellevaux and Gordie Howe. And the media, Milt Donald and Frank Orr, the great writers of the past, are looking at him saying, Dave, do you ever think 
you'll get on that line, and he's saying, the good Lord one day will come to his senses. Words to remember. Great speech by the great one today, Wayne Gretzky, speaking at Rogers Place, part of the Dave Semenko celebration of life. You can text 63630, the open line, 780-496-0063. We'll hear from a, a couple other ex-Oilers on Semenko as we roll along inside sports on 630 Chat. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 6-0, the Lions leading the Owls in the CFL. They're about five minutes into the second quarter. Also keeping an eye on Team Brick Alberta at the Brick Invitational at West Edmonton Mall. Currently trailing the BC Junior Canucks 3-1. Team Brick uh, needing a victory in this one. They are 1-2-1 in the tournament so far. They lost a tough one uh, this morning, 1-0 to Toronto. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. A lot to get to as we move along. Uh, Daryl Davis will join us from Regina. He uh, has some ties to Dave Semenko, and uh, we'll talk a little CFL stuff with him as well. And Sarah Jackson is going to be in studio. You will love to get to know this young Ed. Edmontonian. She recently, well, it took a while, but uh, she walked across Canada. So that's an incredible story. You'll get to know her. The open line, 780-496-0063. We have Louie camped out there right now. Louie, thanks a lot for calling. Hi there. I just wanted to say that I remember a, a commercial from Franklin's Restaurants from the 80s where Kevin Lowe was talking about the restaurant, and then at the end of the commercial, he said, we also have a kid's menu. In the background, there's Dave Semenko eating away in this booth. And um, I moved in to Edmonton in 82 and remember this one front page article in the Edmonton Sun. I had a picture of Dave Semenko. The headline said, the cop is back on the beat. So I'm assuming he must have re-signed a contract. Nice. Uh, Louis, where did you move to Edmonton from? Ontario. And did you have to uh, become an Oilers fan after cheering for maybe an Eastern team? Or what's the deal? Well, no, no. I, actually, I hated hockey. Oh, really? Okay. Because uh, growing up in Ontario, uh, we only had two channels, CBC or CTV. And Batman was on the same time 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 frame as uh, as uh, Hockey Night in Canada. I couldn't watch Batman growing up. I had to watch hockey. Oh, because everybody else in your house wanted to watch hockey. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you but became now, a hockey fan because of Semenko's Oilers then? No, I became uh, a hockey Oilers fan because of the Oilers. I moved to Edmonton in 82. Yeah. And one of the first jobs I had was working at Churchill Lounge in downtown Edmonton. And after the game, everybody would get on the LRT, and downtown Edmonton was the place to be. And uh, I moved back to Ontario three years ago. I live across from Port Huron, Michigan now. Okay. And I can still watch the Oilers. I can go to Detroit. I can go to Columbus. I can go to Chicago, Buffalo, and Nashville is only an eight-hour drive away. I'll always be an Oilers fan, and a lot of it's due to the early 80s of the Oilers. That was a class act team. Uh, are you are Port Huron, is that the one right across from Sarnia? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, my dad grew up in Sarnia, so I've had uh, several visits back to Sarnia to visit family. So there we go. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, Bright's Grove, right by Sarnia, home of Mike Weir. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Bright's cool. Grove. Cool. Well, thanks for still following the Oilers and listening to 630 Chet, Louie. Really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing them in the new uh, Little Caesars Arena in, in, in Detroit. Oh, that opens this year, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Now, how close is it to the old one? You know, I can tell you, I, I've I've never been to the old one, but I've been okay. been going to a lot of uh, Tigers games, yeah, and a few Lions games, 
now with the new arena, I'm looking forward to see the Pistons and the Red Wings in the same arena. Right on. Thanks for calling, Louie. Have a good night. Good stuff from Louis seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I think somebody texted in about that uh, Franklin's commercial as well, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the text line is six thirty six thirty. Lots of uh, remarks today. By the way, we have the full celebration of life on our website six thirty ched dot com. Couple of stories here from Paul Coffey, Glenn Sather. Dave was a consummate teammate to all. <clears throat> Sammy was our MVP on more nights than enough. He made it safe to go out there and play. He made it safe to waltz into any, any, any rink we wanted to, whether it be Philadelphia, Boston, Calgary, or Chicago in those days. I know myself. I skated a little bit quicker when I got into those rinks, but I always felt safe when he was around. I asked him once early in his career. I was in the washroom putting wet water on my face, and I saw him dipping his fingers into the Vaseline and putting them on his eyes and on his eyes and on his cheek, and I, I thought it was for the, the dry skin in Edmonton, so I, I kind of put it in there, and went like this, and he said, easy, kid, I'll take care of the fight, and you just take care of the scoring. <laughs> and that's, uh, that, 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 that's, that's what he was all about, and he made us all bigger and stronger and, and, and taller than we were. Took uh, Dave to Banff to go skiing, and he'd, he'd never skied. Big, strong, talented guy, so we went to Mount Norquay. And I skied the three bunny hills with him to start with. And then we went up for the fourth time, and there was a steeper hill. It was longer, and it was icy. I said, I don't think we're going to ski this hill. I don't think you're ready for it. By the time I said that, he was gone. I couldn't catch him. And then he fell, and uh, he was going down head first, and he couldn't get his skis over to slow himself down, so he... Finally did it, took him into the trees, he hit the tree head first and knocked out the two bottom teeth. So by the time I got there, I thought, God, maybe the guy's dead. But when I got there, one tooth was laying in the snow, the other one was kind of hanging out, and there was blood all over his face, and we called the, we called the ski patrol. The ski patrol came, it was a real nice looking girl. He turned to her with his humor and said, how do you like me now? <laughs> you know, typical Dave. All right, great stories today. Glenn Sather, Paul Coffey, Dave Semenko will be missed. Your comments are welcome, of course. We'll talk a little bit more about Semenko with Daryl Davis from CJME Radio in Regina. We'll uh, touch on a variety of topics with Daryl Davis. going to be fun to have him on the show. Been too long since we've had him around. We'll keep you updated on the scoreboard. I can tell you that the Toronto Blue Jays now in a 1-1 tie in the bottom of the fourth with the Houston Astros. Jays at 39 and 45 on the season. Everything on Connor McDavid, by the way, from yesterday's big signing, including Stoffer's one-on-one interview with the Oilers captain, can be found on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins, coming back after the news. This is Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
couple of Darius Bowman coming back from break. Despite a couple of drops, still wound up with a big game on Saturday as the Eskimos won their home opener. They are 2-0 in their bye week. July 14th, they got Ottawa. That'll be the big 50-50 draw. They are at Hamilton on the 20th, home to BC on the 28th. Next three games taking them to the end of the month. They're not going to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders until August 25th. They go to that new stadium in Saskatchewan at the very end of the regular season. I want to talk about that and more with my next guest making a, a long overdue appearance on Inside Sports, Daryl Davis from CJME. The Green Zone in Regina. Daryl, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Uh, all right, Reed. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you uh, coming on a radio show after doing uh, several hours of your own show <laughs> in Regina. But hey, you can't get enough talking, right? Uh, That's the truth. And it's not work working with Jamie Nye in Regina anyway. It's just fun. Jamie Nye, a uh, Ched alum, so uh, yes, yes uh, he has done very well for himself. Uh, I gotta, I gotta ask you before we get into the, some of the football stuff. And you're the type of guy we could, we could probably go on for a long time on a lot of topics. But look, uh, Dave Semenko obviously passed last week. His celebration of uh, uh, of life was today and, and we were uh, communicating this afternoon and uh, you said uh, happy to talk about Dave because you got you got some connections there. What can you tell Oilers fans well, listening tonight? lots of ways Reed. My, da- my father Lauren Davis scouted for the Edmonton Oilers for years and years obviously through the the, the, the Stanley Cup dynasty and he knew Dave Finkel when Dave, he knew him even before Dave started scouting for the team. My dad knew and coached against Dave Semenko when Dave was playing for the Brandon Wheat Kings. My father, Lauren, coached for the coached the Regina Pats. They had a bench-clearing brawl one night. It was Brandon against Regina. And Dave Semenko came over and uh, swung a stick at the bench. My father grabbed Dave Semenko's stick and started hauling Semenko towards the bench and was about to swing at him when Semenko dropped the stick <laughs> and skated away. So uh, they used to joke about that quite a bit when they were t- when they worked together with the Edmonton Oilers because uh, they kept saying I'd have decked you and the other one said no I'd have decked you so I never knew who would have won that one but I think it would have been a pretty good battle. Well, your dad's pretty brave. I'll, I'll say that for sure. And, <laughs> and 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 that was just a typical WHL game back in those days, wasn't it? <laughs> oh sure, yeah. It turned into a bench clearing brawl after that. My father was out on the out on the ice. Somebody uh, ripped his sports jacket off of him. Uh, my mother kept that jacket and put it in the closet downstairs for years and years to remind my dad that he, he shouldn't be so foolish and go wading out on the ice against guys like Dave Semenko. You know, I, I do the Oilers uh, post-game show with Rob Brown, and uh, and as you know, I mean, he had just a couple incredible offensive seasons in the Western Hockey League, and yes. I, I believe yep. he was part of the era. I can't remember how long they did it, if it, were, it was just for a half season because things were out of control. But in the Western League, they they didn't have the teams warm up at the same time because there were yep. so many fights at the pre. <laughs> this rings a bell with you too. Yep. Oh yeah, I was refereeing in those days. <laughs> oh really? There, yeah. There there are some wild days in the Western Hockey League. I, my my first real well, Dave Semenko when he played for when he played for Brandon, I was a linesman in Regina, and we used to have to go to Brandon to do playoff games sometimes. And I remember skating as fast as I could one time. Uh, backwards because as lines when you're skating backwards a lot of time the gate opened on the Wheat Kings bench and outstepped Dave Semenko but I didn't see him and I ran into him at full tilt going backwards I went sprawling into the boards I, I must have been woozy I don't even think we wore helmets in those days I looked I'm up on my hands and knees looking at Dave as he's kind of glaring down at me I, I, I asked him are you okay Dave? 
she started laughing so hard. And I, I realized that after that day, I never had trouble make, breaking up Samanko out of a fight. Uh, it was something we joked about when Dave came to my father's funeral in Regina. The Edmonton Oilers chartered a flight for a lot of the scouts to come with uh, Kevin Lowe and a lot of the management team to come to my father's funeral in, in Regina. Dave Samanko was one of them. So I thought of that very fondly when Dave passed on because Dave was that type of guy that he cared about people. And I think that's a... A uh, huge loss for Edmonton and for the Oilers and for the whole hockey community. Yeah, getting so many stories from, uh, obviously, the you know his former teammates spoke today, but so many stories over the last week from listeners who met him or got to connect with him, and he always had time for somebody and an incredible sense of humor. So he will be missed for sure, and uh, got to be an Oilers ambassador for this this past season, which was pretty special to him. Daryl Davis joining us inside sports on 6.30. Chet, uh, he's given us, uh, he's given you a, a sense of some of his history, obviously now on uh, CJME Radio in Regina. So I got to ask you, the, uh, the Rough Riders had their home opener, uh, the new stadium. First of all, are they calling it New Mosaic? And is there a point where it's not going to be new anymore and they're just going to have to call it Mosaic? <laughs> that, that's a good one. We, we still call our radio show the New Green Zone. I think we've been doing it for two years. So. Right. Uh, in, in, in Saskatchewan, we're a little sluggish on that one. I, I think they might call it New Mosaic Stadium. I just refer to the old one as Taylor Field because that's still what it is in my mind. Reed, I still think of it as, as Taylor Field. This one is Mosaic Stadium. That's what it began life as. and It's a beautiful facility. Even though it looks big, when you're inside it, it has an intimacy to it. Uh, it just feels comfortable. It's very green, though. It's amazing how green the place is, obviously, with the Rough Riders wearing green. But the Eskimos might feel kind of at home with it a little bit, too. Uh, the seats are green. The pill country at the end, which is kind of a party atmosphere zone, is very green. The outside is green. Uh, it gets pretty loud, and uh, people will be glad to know that it's not as windy as it usually is at, old, at Taylor Field because they've, they've shaped the roof to make sure that wind kind of blows through it and doesn't quite get down to field level. So it's not quite the wind tunnel that you might expect to have out in the prairies. Oh, that's interesting. Because, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to John Ryan several times, the Seahawks punter who used to play in the CFL, and, and uh, I remember asking him, and I think this was just last year or the year before, so he's been through all the NFL stadiums. And I said, "What were the hardest places you've ever kicked?" And he said, "Regina and Winnipeg." So even after <laughs> going through all the American cities, so I wonder, I wonder now if uh, uh, and Winnipeg's got a, a new stadium as well. So I wonder what the uh, the kickers are going to be saying in a few years about the hardest place to to kick in uh, in Canada. Daryl, that was a thriller between the uh, the Blue Bombers and the Rough Riders on. Uh, what was that? That was on Canada Day. Saturday on Saturday. On yeah. Saturday. So, but it but it starts off with the Riders losing, and they've had you know they've had a bit of a tough run the last few years. Chris Jones, who was here, did a great job. Was supposed to turn them around. You saw evidence of that late last season, but now you know they haven't got great out of the gate. So, how's everybody? How did how do Riders fans feel about Chris Jones now at the start of year two? Well, Reed, I'd say it's split. I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, Riderville, the, like the fan community of this, of this football team, split right down the middle. Half of the people say, we have faith in Chris Jones. We know he's a good coach. We're, let's hang in there and make sure that we give him every opportunity. But the other half is absolutely whatever Chris Jones does is wrong. They want him to lose so that they can fire him which probably isn't going to happen for a long time, but it's just it's divided right down the middle. He hasn't really gained a lot of traction because they haven't won a lot of games. They're on a five-game losing streak. They lost twice this year and lost their last three games last year. They haven't won at home in Regina since, uh, since September last year. So 
you, you can see why the, the nerves of the fans are starting to fray a little bit. He's put together an okay team, it looks like, but they haven't won. They have to win. Eventually, they, you would think they have to win. The thing we point out, Reed, quite a bit is that Chris Jones has had success with four other franchises in the Canadian Football League through his 14 years. He's won a great cup everywhere, but obviously in Saskatchewan. But he always had somebody as his boss. And Ed, and Ed Hervey, the general manager, was his boss when he was the head coach in Edmonton. Wherever else he worked, he was a defensive coordinator, and he had a head coach. So Chris Jones was always under somebody else's guidance. He was successful that way. Here he can do whatever he wants, and they continue. He and John Murphy, as player personnel guy, keep bringing in players. Nobody ever says, stop, stop, stop. Right. They just wheeling players, keep wheeling players through here. They set a record last year for the number of players. They might do it again this year if things continue. And I don't think you get any stability that way. I'm saying be stable with your roster, then they maybe get some stability with the coaching staff, and then this franchise might get successful again. You know, I got a buddy here in Edmonton who who is a, a big Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan, and he said last year Chris Jones, the GM, didn't do Chris Jones, the coach, any favors. I mean, that's kind of what you're saying, right? It's a good point, isn't it? You're right. Somebody has to. Sometimes you have to say enough is enough. Just stop. You go coach the team, and maybe even somebody should say, "Listen, Chris Jones, you coach the team. Let somebody else coach the defense because he's also the defensive coordinator, and the team is struggling on defense quite a bit. They're not getting much of a pass rush. The secondary got torched last week by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Weston Dressler, a former Rough Rider, who Chris Jones let go. Uh, really did a number on the Rough Riders. There are some flaws in this team that need to be addressed, and Chris Jones has to either fix them himself or find somebody who's capable of fixing them. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and it was interesting because usually he's had a good defense, and it's funny, when he was here in Edmonton, I mean, I had uh, Tony Washington and the Anthony Batiste in studio shortly after the Eskimos won the 2015 Grey Cup, and I said, look, I'm, I, I, I've, I've never drawn up a football play for a pro team. But it seems to me you guys had about four plays that you called over and over again, and they laughed and they said, "Yeah, that was pretty much our playbook." You know, so he's never he's never had an offense where you say, "Let's let's go out and and get it right." Though they did score a ton of points against the Bombers. Mm-hmm. That's that's the truth. Uh, and even on defense, uh, Jones said last week they only had five or six coverages installed. But he does have a young secondary, has a lot of young players on the team, so he doesn't want to confuse them. But I think that he should confuse them a little bit and they should rush more than three pass rushers. No team has rushed three or four or fewer defensive players than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders through two weeks of the schedule. And that's not a Chris Jones defense. He loves throwing everybody at the quarterback to to develop some pressure and force the quarterback into making mistakes. And he's not doing that this year. Daryl Davis joining us on Inside Sports. So you've covered the Canadian Football League for a long time. You know as much as anybody about the ins and outs of the league. They got a new commissioner, a guy who uh, was an Eskimo at the end of his career, Randy Ambrosi. Uh, what do you see as his big challenges? And I'll preface this by saying, usually you just say Toronto, and then <laughs> and then and then go from there. But I mean, there's other stuff going on in the league. What do you think he has to tackle here? Hey, Reed, that's a big debate too, isn't it? A lot of people are saying, should that be up to Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner, to to help out the Toronto Argonauts? No, it's probably up to the Toronto Argonauts to find out a way to do it. Uh, Randy's first speeches, you've been able to tell. I I interviewed him when he played for the Eskimos in in the late 80s. He wasn't a very happy guy after the Rough Riders beat him in Edmonton in the 89 uh, West Final, but he was a lot happier after that 93 Great Cup victory, obviously. And uh, a very solid player, a solid business guy, who who has a deep passion for for the CFL, obviously, and good insight into the game. 
his first mention of anything seems to be about the players, that he wants them to be partners in the league. He wants to, wants to make sure that they, their safety issues are addressed, that uh, they feel appreciated, that the fans know who they are. Those are great things. Those are things that you really have to do if you're going to uh, draw fans back to the Canadian Football League games. And I think that's, his, that's the way he sees it. Uh, which is a great way to view to view the league. I think the best commissioners have looked at it that way. He's also what he's got to do is always work to get consensus among the nine governors, and that's the toughest part. Every commissioner has had problems because they're not given ultimate authority the way Roger Goodell is in the NFL. Uh, he has to be in charge. If they let him be in charge, then the CFL has an opportunity to advance. But and 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 you know. Uh, work on all its problems, which are mostly attendance problems and financial problems. So if he were allowed to do that, I think that he could probably progress. But I hope that the CFL governors aren't still reluctant and keep having those little petty battles that keep them from being as successful as they can be. All right. Uh, Daryl, before I let you go, we started with hockey. We'll finish uh, with hockey. Connor McDavid's contract uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, Saskatchewan's in that interesting spot. They don't have an NHL team. A lot of players go from the NHL go to Saskatchewan. I think you wrote the book on that, literally, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I did write a book on, on why the NHL rules Saskatchewan because every year there's like 50 players in the NHL from Saskatchewan, a province of a million, and per capita, nobody produces more NHLers than Saskatchewan. And you just traded away one of our favorites. My former neighbor, Jordan Everly, just got dealt away. So I don't know if there's as much of an oiler affection around here as there used to be anymore, Reed. Oh, really? Okay, so they, they, they will uh, they will follow this, uh, uh, a Saskatchewan boy will trump a superstar like McDavid then for team interest. Maybe. Actually, the Oilers, the Oilers are probably, uh, in, in polls that they've done, the Oilers are the favorite team of more Saskatchewan residents than any other NHL team. Okay, well, I'm sure McDavid has something to do with that. Uh, as you know, the Rough Riders would not be the favorite team in any poll in Alberta. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware of that. I've been to Edmonton enough to know that one, Reed, that's for sure. All right. Well, Daryl, it's great to have you on the show. we got to do this again. I, I really enjoyed this chat, and you got so much knowledge that you can share with people. But thanks for making time for me tonight. And uh, maybe I'll talk to you the week of August 25th when the Esks okay. play the Riders. We'll be around. Thanks, Reed. Nice talking to you. That's Daryl Davis checking in tonight. CJME Radio in Regina, the Green Zone. Good to have him on the show. It is 6.48, Montreal and BC in action tonight. Tied 6-6. They're into the final 10 seconds of uh, the first half. Uh, uh, You know what, Kurt? I apologize. I didn't see your your text in time to ask Daryl. But Kurt says he was at the Riders' home opener at Mosaic last Saturday. Great venue, but was disappointed with the acoustics. I could not understand the PA announcer at all. Way too much echo. Uh, Interesting comment, Kurt. I think... You know, hopefully they would fix that if that if that becomes a, a big problem. I know even with Rogers Place, it certainly wasn't perfect off the hop, and, and there were some things they worked on throughout the season, and I think we'll continue to work on. There's always adjustments you got to make with the venue. Uh, Leonard says, I was listening to the Green Zone on my way back home, and they figured McDavid's contract is going to hamstring the Oilers, as in not enough left for the supporting personnel. I found that interesting. Well, Leonard, that's been a discussion point. Um... Like I said yesterday, not a bad problem to have that you got a player like McDavid that commands that amount of money. He could have commanded more. I mean, under the rules of the CBA, he could have asked for fifteen million. Gets twelve point five. You know, that's gonna that's that's why Peter Shirelli gets the big bucks. 
and gets paid to organize the team. He's going to have to figure out how to build the team around McDavid and Drysettle's contract. And I don't know when Drysettle's contract is going to happen. It's not going to be this week, obviously. He's probably going to get around $8 million a year. You can keep texting 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630-CHAT. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630-CHAT. It is hot! Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630-CHED. Kellen Kennedy's our studio producer this evening. How's the temperature over there, buddy? Uh, it was hot enough that I had to employ my biggest fan. So I have my biggest fan on deck with me today. Chris Jericho? Uh, no, oh, this... an actual fan that blows air. Yeah, its name is Classic. That's all it says, Classic. Great so... day for the AC to go out in the old chorus building. <laughs> yeah. It happens at least once or twice a year around here. No no biggie. Yeah, only on the hottest days. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's going to be hot all week, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, the rest of the week. And well, the week. rest of the week into next week. There's an actual too. heat warning in effect. Yeah. That's right. What are we looking at? Possibly 30 tomorrow, 29 Saturday, uh, 27 Sunday. Mm-hmm. Could possibly rain a little bit over the weekend. Yeah. And maybe Monday. That's that daytime heating type rain. We'll yeah. probably get it like late night. It's. Uh, I had to open the door here to the studio mm-hmm. to try to get some uh, air circulating. But that's all right. Yep. That's all right. We will soldier on. Mm-hmm. Team Brick Alberta trailing the BC Junior Canucks 4-2. Second period, Brick Invitational Super Novice Tournament over at West Edmonton Mall. Blue Jays now up 4-2 on the Astros. That game in the bottom of the fifth, the Jays have scored three. Kendris Morales just with an RBI double to make it 4-2. Josh Donaldson had a two-RBI single to score Bautista and Martin, so 4-2 from the Jays. Liriano on the hill today. He's given up seven hits through five. He struck out three. He's allowed the two runs. The Florida Panthers have uh, signed defenseman Mark Pesek to a three-year contract. Sherwood Park native, he's 25. Played all 82 games for the Panthers last season. Had 17 points. Remember, used to play for the Buffalo Sabres, part of that uh, Oil King team that started to... uh, I think he was on the first WHL championship team, if I remember correctly. Then he was... uh, not there, I believe, when they lost to Portland in the second year and then obviously was gone for the uh, third year of the trilogy when they beat Portland and then won the Memorial Cup. It is 6.55. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. The Eskimos carryover game for the big jackpot will be Friday, July 14th. That's next Friday. So the 50-50 will start at $82,060. I would expect it will go over well uh, well over 300 grand. The last carryover wound up 348 and it started at 71. This one is starting at 82. Going to be interesting. Yep, and I believe the Eskimos ended up losing that game in 2014 because it was against Calgary, right? They did. It had yep. nothing to do with the 50-50 though. No, no. But I'm just saying <laughs> if you You're want to that connection, sense. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, they're playing Ottawa. You know, it's interesting uh, talking about Dave Semenko today and just how popular he was. Adam Scorgi is the producer of the uh, film Ice Guardians about enforcers in the NHL. Dave Semenko figured uh, prominently in that film, and Scorgi was talking about Dave's popularity. 
so many people have said similar things. Like he was the first Jersey that I saved up for. He was my first hero. That is the guy I remember. Even opposition teams like diehard Calgary Flames fans, like, Oh, such a sad day for us. He was like our best rival. And we kind of try to touch on this in Ice Guardians with the human behavior and the tribalism, right? There's a deeper connection within humans. As much as we've advanced with technology and the way the game has advanced and how fast it is, there's something in us that when somebody puts themselves in harm's way for the protection of their teammates, their city, their, you know, their fans, you, you do. There's a bond that you're like, man, that's my guy right? Like there is a different bond that comes. And I I think Dave Semenko's passing, you know, if we want to look at, you know, some of the diamond or the the positives from this, this unfortunate event is that you really see the impact that these guys had on the entire league and the game of hockey, that they've affected so much more than just fighting. They have brought amazing memories for communities all around the league of like, that was my first hero in the game. Great comments there by Adam Scorgi, his film, Ice Guardians. It's a good one. Check it out if you can. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace. Action Furnace is home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can check them out online at actionfurnace.ca. All right. Still ahead, Alan Watt from the Eskimos. Talk a little bit about Connor McDavid. How is the young man going to get better throughout the life of this contract with the Oilers? And you'll meet Sarah Jackson, young Edmontonian, who walked across the country. Yes, walked across the entire nation. We'll find out why, how, and is she going to do it again? That'd be something. Coming up up to the 7 o'clock news. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.